In this episode, I talk to G Hawks, who works at Top Boy Tattoo in Brighton, England. You can find her on Instagram at G Hawks Tattoo. She specializes in beautiful floral work, often combined with mandalas and animals, especially large cats. G and I became friends a couple of years ago through Instagram, and it's been amazing to see her bring something so unique to the UK with her tattoos. Every time I talk to G, she has such a kind, positive energy, so it was such a pleasure to have her on the podcast. My name is Jake Berry, and this is The Fine Line. So when did you start tattooing? Okay, so I worked this out. I started eight years ago now, which has gone so quickly. Um, And I kind of, I never really had a goal when it came to work in terms of what I wanted to do. I never went to uni. Um, I just did retail for, I think, about five or six years. And then my dad, who is a tattooist as well, he actually just said to me, look, do you want to give this a go? And, you know, just see if it's something that works out for you. And if it doesn't, I was only 21 at the time. So I had time to do something else if I wanted to. Um, Gave it a go and it just worked out really well. Like, it's just one of those things that fell into place. And yeah, I just love it. I'm so glad that he gave me those first steps to do it. Were you into art before he asked you that? Is that why he asked you? God, yeah, massively. And it's something that he's always encouraged both me and my brother to do from a very young age. Um, I'm annoyed in a way that I took it at college, though, because I felt like it was never taken that seriously at school and college. It was never something you were told you were going to make a living out of or actually push to pursue. Um, So that kind of put me off it. Um, but I found it again three years after leaving. So, yeah, but I've always been drawing and into art and just anything along those lines. And what's that like for you having a dad who's in the same line of work as you? Yeah, so, like, it's it's got pros and cons. Um, I loved, obviously, I loved working with him, but when it comes to working with family, there's a very fine line, and I was living at home as well, so it was like, if you had a disagreement about work, you were then taking that home and that can be very intense. But he's, I mean, God, he was amazing. He gave me so much time in my apprenticeship. He really gave me the hours that I needed to be where I am today. And he was so positive. He's very critical, but in a very good way. So he'd always tell me how to get better and push me rather than just saying, yeah, that's amazing you're done kind of thing. Um, And he taught me, you know, traditional, I used um, coil machines. I did a bit of colour, a bit of black and grey. Yeah, it just really gave me a good foot in the door with it, I think. I couldn't have asked for a better friendship. And how quickly then did you develop into the style that you have now? Um, It was weird because when I first started out, I was super into neo-traditional, which is a lot of the stuff that I've got on me. But I got so frustrated because I could never draw in that style. So it was like, I was looking at all these amazing, like Gwen Douglas was such a big inspiration and Chris Green. um, And I really wanted to produce work as they do. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get my head around that style. Um, And I ended up doing... I think it started with one tiny bouquet of flowers and a mandala on a couple of girls that I was friends with. And they just took off on Instagram. And I just kind of went down the black work route and just found that it was something that came very naturally to me. Um, and it just wasn't... I It wasn't a, like... I didn't feel down about the style that I was doing I felt very like encouraged that I could do it well and that people liked it and it was popular with girls like me so I attracted a client base that I could get on with as well which I loved so yeah it worked I kind of fell into it but in a really good way and I tried other things first 
It's actually been so good because when I draw at home, it's not in the same style that I tattoo. So I'm glad that I've got that separation now and I can produce drawings that I know are going to work as tattoos and actually picture them on the skin. So the work that you've been doing at home is different than the tattoos you normally do. Oh my God, so different. I've got really into my anime stuff and full colour portraiture and like, I just couldn't be more different to work. But I think... I think this lockdown has definitely taught me to find a separation. I love tattooing and I don't want that to kind of take over. I don't want to sit down and draw and think, how can I produce work out of this? I still want to enjoy art. And I think having that outlet for me is so important. And I definitely lost that in my job. So keeping the floral fine line stuff for work makes me enjoy it a hell of a lot more for sure. But would you be would you be okay if your tattoo started transitioning into that I don't know I think it will happen because I think I've just rediscovered a love for that style and oh my god if people came to me tomorrow and wanted loads of anime I'd be so up for it because I just love it so much and I know that they'd want to talk about that film or that series and you just get you get that connection with your client which I think can really affect your work in a positive way as well yes yeah I'm like that with Star Wars yeah. Anytime there's like a, a, a Star Wars fan getting tattooed by me, I'm like, cool, we're set for the rest of this session. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you've got like nine hours of conversation. Yeah, you're done. Exactly. <laughs> um, do you think Instagram has played a, a pretty big role in artists getting to specialize in specific styles? Um, as we're talking about you specializing in florals and mandalas and maybe now transitioning into something else. Do you I think, think so? Instagram. When I first started using Instagram, it is the reason that I am where I am today. I wouldn't have the client base or the amount of work that I have if that platform wasn't what it was. I think now it's so hard to kick off on Instagram now. They don't promote your work as much and it's hard to reach as many people. But I think social media, like TikTok's massive now for artists. You can go viral overnight on there and you've got a solid client base for the next few years just from one video. It's insane. And I think having that platform where people can literally just look at a portfolio of things that you love doing, if they see something they like, it, you can really curate it to what audience you want to attract. I think it's an incredible thing to do. And as much as it can, it definitely takes over my life a little bit, like emotionally. Um, but for work, it's just, it's been the best thing. I, I honestly am so grateful for it when it comes to work. Yeah. So do you think it's essential for an artist to have social media, whether it's Instagram or TikTok? I don't have TikTok. I I don't know. I've kind of refused to get it, but I feel like maybe that's me getting older and just being one of those guys. I don't know, because I'm like, I'm 30 next year and I was very much like, I'm not going to get it. It's full of kids, but whatever. And then I went, I've learned so much, like Procreate. I know so much more about it from TikTok. So if you get on the right side of TikTok, I think it's a very productive tool, but it's also a really good time waster. (laughs) You mentioned just a second ago that Instagram, it's very difficult for artists or people on Instagram now, the way it's set up to grow and like, say, what what advice would you give to someone who's trying to figure out Instagram? Maybe an artist who has been tattooing for a while and they just haven't been good on social media, or maybe it's a new, maybe a new artist who is just getting into tattooing and they're overwhelmed by the idea of social media. It is a very overwhelming thing, and I think it can. it's it's like when my dad first got Instagram he was just at the he just couldn't be bothered with it because there is so much to take on and. 
It's hard because like 50% of it's almost luck. Like I got the following that I got from tattooing a couple of girls that were very big on YouTube and it kind of took off from there. So I think maybe if you can use your platform to reach out to people with bigger followings, almost like a promotion um, and maybe doing a couple of things for free just to get your work out there in a style that you love, um, it can be a very positive thing. I think being very active on the platform helps I weirdly found as well, even from an art point of view, that people are very interested in your personal life, which I never found, I kind of never thought that would be a thing. But the amount of people that come in and are so invested in like my cat and my relationship with my girlfriend, like they know more about her than I remember posting, which is nice because you have that, you kind of feel like they feel like they know you and you feel a bit more comfortable. A bit of familiarity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They um, they know you're your quirks and your, you know what I mean? Your different things that make you more relatable. Yeah. And it's not so intimidating. Like, you know, I'm in the industry and walking into a new tattoo shop is terrifying. I I get so anxious about it. And, you know, I get 18 year old girls in who've got really bad anxiety. And the last thing that I want is for them to not feel like they can just talk to me like a human being. I just want them to feel safe and feel happy to be there and just at ease. And I think, getting that idea of someone's personality online is so important. So I think maybe with social media, the best thing to do is just show a bit of you on your page as well. And one of the best things I ever learned was, you know, people spend the first five seconds just scrolling your profile. Just make sure that it is portraying exactly what you want them to see. So make it cohesive, very clear. Also, people like to see who you are within that first five to six seconds. Um, So I kind of make it a point to like post a picture of something in my life or something about me just so people kind of you know new people on your page know who you are as well yeah that's great advice actually (laughs) I think it's just like you you see more human that way it's so easy to look at people online and forget that there's a person behind that screen like people think that you're just a number on the internet and it's not the case at all what would you think is the best way for someone to become a tattoo artist there's a lot of people nowadays that are either graduating art college or just simply have uh, an interest in art and they are considering now getting into the tattoo world. And I feel like it's more people than ever now. Tattooing has become so appealing, you know, for like people from all walks of life, Yeah, you know, it's not just a specific type of person. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to learn how to tattoo? I think to, you know, one of the things I wish that I had been told is that you kind of have to live and breathe the job. Like you have to, you know, you take your evenings to draw and you've got edit pictures and, you know, be responsive to clients online and be available to have those conversations. And just to be aware that it's so much more than just drawing a picture on someone's skin. And there's a lot more pressure that you take on with that as well. So to just realise that you're doing something that's possibly the most important thing for someone in their life. They could have been thinking about that tattoo for 10 years. It's just one day at work for us, but just to realise that it is a very big thing for people. Um, but yeah, the industry, it's it's an overwhelming thing to come into, but it's a very achievable job now, especially for a lot of girls that you know, 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of women in the tattoo industry. And I think nowadays, you know, I've got so many girls that come in and want to do it. And it's one of the few art forms that you can earn a decent living out of. With as many people interested in becoming tattoo artists, there's as many people now becoming interested in getting tattooed. Yes. I think more people now 
want to get tattooed than ever. So it's it's just continuing to grow that way yeah. in both ways. Which is why I'm it really one of my biggest pet peeves is people who've been in the industry for say 20 plus years that complain about the amount of people wanting to tattoo and it's like there's enough people that want to get tattooed now More that than it's enough. not Exactly. It's an oversaturated market. You could have so many more people doing it and we all still have enough work. So I just think that's just such an invalid argument now for people to sit and be like, there's too many tattooists. Like, there's not. There's someone offering something for everyone now, which I think is an amazing situation to be in with like the art industry. That is, yeah, because you're not just limited to a handful of artists and you have to just go and pick something that you want based off of what they do. There's like such a huge um, selection of artists now with different styles. Yeah. So you can really, really take your time finding the artist that's perfect for the tattoo that you want. Yeah, you can get exactly what you want. Nowadays, that artist exists. There's just no limit. Do you think that like, say someone who wants to get into tattooing, um, like a lot of the times I get messages online about, hey, Jake, I want to learn how to tattoo. I'm thinking about buying a machine what would you recommend? Do you think that that's like the first step you should take? Or do you do you think that there's things like apprenticeships and steps before that? So I kind of, I see really see both sides of this. So for me personally, I think an apprenticeship is the best way to go because 50% of what I learned was about hygiene and things that you're never going to learn be self-taught because you're not going to sit down and think about what diseases live on you know surfaces and how clean you need to be and just think about how different skin types work differently and the depth that you're working at I think there's so much more that you can learn from an apprenticeship but on the other hand I've seen some incredible self-taught people so I do it's hard because I see both sides of it and I know people who've done very well from being self-taught. You specialize a lot in like say a lot of mandalas and flowers yeah, and uh, animals. And animals, yeah, that's true. And a lot of people would say that like your work you know you're doing a lot of um fine lines and you're doing a lot of small lines and yeah. there's this like idea going around that um everything is single needle if it's a, it's a, if it's a thin line. Um, so are yeah, you using I get sing- asked that daily. <laughs> Do you? No, I never use a single needle. Never. Um, I always use tight, tight or fine threes, um, and then sometimes I'll use a five. But I've never feel the need to use a single needle. I think it just—I don't know. They actually scare me, to be honest, because it's so much. You know, that's so much pressure on one bit of skin that I'm just, I get terrified to use them. And I think tight threes for me do exactly the same job. So I'm just going to stick with them now. Yeah. And um, what about for shading? Uh, Shading, I just use the same, exactly the same. I just run the machine slower. So I kind of don't need to change what I'm doing for much. I sometimes will use a curved five mag um, if it's for like, and a bigger animal or something but I do, I do such minimal shading in my work now that it's just to highlight areas of depth and other than that I don't need to pack full areas anyway there's a lot of artists that I've talked to that shade with liners but you were mentioning last time that you you use opaque grays when you shade yeah yeah just because I think having to having the client base that I have and they're all from about 18 to 24, 25. 
obviously I do get some people older, but it's just they like to see an immediate result for the sake of their peace of mind because it's usually a first tattoo or if they've had another piece, it's not necessarily the best experience. And by using opaque greys, I can show them exactly what it's going to look like when it's healed. Um, and I just really like the effect that it gives because they're so soft on the skin. I think it's... Um, you know, with blacks, like I've you, I've done black and grey with washed down blacks in the past, and I just never ended up getting the result that I wanted. So, for my peace of mind as well, I know exactly what is, you know, what shade is what. So it's definitely just like, yeah, mentally, I feel a lot better about using them. Yeah. What would be the most common part of the body that you tattoo? Oh, it was shoulders for the longest time. But then I really hurt my back from doing it because of the tension between my shoulder blades. So I was like having to hold myself in different positions. Um, so I'm trying to, again, social media has allowed me to just post more legs and hips. And I've gone that direction now. I'm still doing the odd shoulder, but for the sake of my body, I just can't do them every day anymore because it's like 10 yeah. hour sittings. Shoulders are hard. Yeah, it's a long day. There was a while where I actually was not doing shoulders be for that for that exact reason because I was just crippled by the Oh really? The yeah, I was just saying no. Yeah. But then um I started easing my way back into it and yeah. I'll do them every once in a while. Yeah, I think that's the point I've got to as well is I don't mind doing one but not every day. Yeah. Is there is there do you have a favorite part of the body to, to tattoo? Legs and forearms, like inner forearm is so dreamy because it's just a flat smooth area that's just yeah so any limbs yeah yeah I think <laughs> I'm not really fussed to be honest I did go through a stage where I was doing a lot of ribs and sternums and that didn't even really bother me but for me personally they're just not an area where I'm doing the big work now that a lot of people can sit steadily for fine line for for a long period of time so I just I've again just phased them out as well now there's definitely trickier parts and I'm starting to say no to more things like that because one, the skin on certain parts of the body, I just don't like working with the skin. And then two, it's like like that. You're like trying to like get in these awkward positions and you're like bending and you're just like hurting yourself. And oh. it's just not like it's not you're not going to have a longevity in, in this business if you hurt yourself, you know, five years in. And I think for so long, I put my body under so much strain just because I felt like I had to do it for work. And I was just like, I'm not going to be doing this in another five years' time if I keep putting my body through this. Yeah. So I think you do have to learn to say no occasionally. Do you do like stretches or anything like that? I should do. I don't, I've started a bit <laughs> through lockdown, but nowhere near. Like uh, Mike that I work with does yoga like every day. And I'm so jealous of his discipline with it because his back, like, yeah, he's he's done amazing. He has no pain at work now. Yeah, but then I'm like, oh, 10 minutes of yoga, I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I but I should, I should. Most artists I talk to, they're like, no, I definitely need to do some yoga or stretch yeah. or something, and no one does it. <laughs> I think I'm going to start uh, getting massages, though, like sports massages. Yeah. They hurt, but they do really, really work. I'm a huge fan, yeah. I'm, like, really into that because... I see, that's like the one thing I really see results. Like yeah. if, after I get one of those, I'm like, yep, I'm fixed. Yeah, for sure. 100%. So I'm going to do that for sure. I love that all artists are the same though. We all know we should and no one does it. Yeah, it's like this weird thing that um, everyone avoids for some reason. Yeah. And exactly. everyone just suffers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what cartridges are you using right now? So I use Black Claw, the Hella Fine and Hella Tight 3 cartridges. And then 
I think for shaders, I've not really settled on any that I particularly love. So it's just kind of whatever I've got. I, I can't remember the ones I've got at the minute. They might just be Killer Ink's own ones. I think they're actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, Black Claw, they were my go-to for needles and they've been my go-to for cartridges now as well. I find they're just so sharp in a way. Like they're just the finest that I can find that pull a clean line. Yeah, they are very sharp. They're very, very close, those threes. Yeah, oh my God. It's basically a, like a single liner. Yeah, definitely. But there's like better ink flow and yeah. more consistency and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was using those for a while and I actually really liked them. Um, but then I just started using Quadrant and it was just easier to get Quadrants. I liked, um, I tried Quadrant shaders and I really liked them actually. Um, I want to try out some more of their stuff. And apparently Magic Moon cartridges are meant to be really good, but I've not given them a go yet. Yeah, the Quadrant round mags are the way to go. They're, really? They're, yeah, they're so great. Okay, that's that's what them. I use to shade everything. Yeah. But yeah, so mainly black black claw for liners is what you use. Yeah, yeah. Which is annoying because they're known for going out of stock. And then I'll just whinge about it for six months and then I'll just buy them as soon as they're in stock again. So I know. not even like losing a customer, I'll just whinge about <laughs> it and then I'll buy them again. <laughs> I know, yeah. And um, I don't know about you guys over there, but but gloves for us here are just the worst. Can you still only buy two boxes at a time? Or? I think so. And then they really put the prices up on them as well. Um, yeah. Which is frustrating because it's we need them for work. I know. Yeah. They're killing us with the box prices. And it's like, part of me is like, are they even going to bring the prices back down? Because we're all still going to pay it because we need them. Yes, I know. That's so it. it's they, worrying. Yeah. That's one thing I was talking about that as well as... They just know that you're going to buy them anyway. Yeah. Especially for me, like I can't use cheap gloves. Like it just ruins my, like I get in such a bad mood. It's so frustrating. <laughs> and I just need the so good sensitive. like latex gloves. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Like, you know, when you just can't, you feel like you can't use your hands. They're all like loose and like. <laughs> Do you know the most embarrassing thing is when you take a break? I don't know why this really embarrasses me, but you've got really sweaty hands. Yeah. You go to put gloves on, you can't get them on and your clients <laughs> just sit and they're staring at you. I'm like, oh, just Yeah, it's like, it time. takes like five minutes to like each finger slide it down. Yeah. Oh, it's, it is the worst. I actually, when I ever take off gloves i have to give myself like five minutes to let them air out and then i'm yeah, like yeah okay, yeah to go that's funny <laughs> i feel that pain <laughs> but yeah i think they're just going to keep the prices up because we're just going to keep buying them but it is annoying i know anyways um so you were planning on coming to ireland i still am yes whenever <laughs> eventually yeah eventually when you're able when things open up and our countries are smart yeah I don't, well who knows when that'll be um but yeah me and becky we still both really want to go she, i mean she sent me your video of you with your hot tub and she was like well we're just going to be there for the week now <laughs> <laughs> oh no we're yeah. so excited to be out there like we're gutted that we couldn't be there now it's that was what our one thing that we were really looking forward to i know no but it, it'll still happen so but yeah it'll probably be sooner than later because Things are going to be opening up soon. And I think that'll be the last of the lockdowns after this is done. I don't think they can afford to do any more. And I think realistically in this country, like once everyone's vaccinated, there's nothing more they can do. I think we have to just... That's it. Adapt. And what can you say to people? Yeah. But yeah, so that'll be really exciting to have you guys. And I I'm really looking forward to it. Um, 
And I've had so many people ask me, they send me messages and they're like, when's G coming? And, oh, you know, and uh, so I'm like, I have no idea. Sorry. <laughs> but there's a, there's a long line. There's a long uh, list of people that are, that are dying to have you here. Oh, I had like an insane amount of emails for, it was crazy. I didn't think I had that much of a client base over there. And it was just, like, I could have just done a full like six months with you guys. That's cool. <laughs> like just to get, it was, yeah. Well, so, and everyone had such well, good ideas. Well, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, I, mean, I would <laughs> love to. So yeah, once me and Becky there, I might just never come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anywhere else you plan on going? Um, I do kind of semi-regular guest spots at Salon Serpent in Amsterdam, which for me was mad because Angelique's like the biggest idol to me. Like she was one of the main reasons I got into tattooing. So when I got an email off her asking me to guess there, that was just like, I actually don't think I could get any higher in my career. I just wow. remember crying because I was just like, <laughs> this means so much to me. Um, so I try and go back there as much as possible just because it's one of those shops and full of people that I just makes me so it's almost like imposter syndrome. Like I work there and I just don't feel like I should be there because of the amount of people that I admire that are there. So it's just, it's a very out of body experience, but I just, I mean, I love Amsterdam so much anyway that I'd go back constantly. Um, and I was meant to go to San Francisco last year and guest, but obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. So hopefully go back there. That's right. You had a trip planned, didn't you? And you were going to, you were going to go to Joshua Tree. Yeah, and- we do the whole month. So good. Oh no, we'll do it, but it'll just, you know, it'll be a while now. Um, and yeah, but guessing's hard because I don't know about you, but when I go away, I kind of want to see the places that I'm in and working almost feels like it takes up my mind the whole time that I'm there. Yeah. It's best to like work the first half of the trip and then the rest of it, you can kind of just like, it's like stress-free. You're like, okay, that's done and over with. And then you have like the rest of the trip to just relax. But like, I always find myself booking the whole trip with tattoos yeah i would love to do um canada and new zealand at some point as well yeah that's like big goals to do that oh man that'd be amazing where in um canada would you go or where where would you want to go i don't know yet i mean i want to see lake banff and um just national parks like in canada so any shops that are anywhere near a national park i'll just go there Um, so you just want to basically go explore places and then work and then tattoo (laughs) a bit and go explore and like yeah that's that's the the way to do it yeah yeah so one day we'll do that hopefully i just take kate around with me everywhere she's just sitting there like yeah i'll go with you (laughs) (laughs) are there any shops that you would want to go uh like so the flip side so um, as opposed to wanting to go to a specific area and then just hope to work there? Is there any sp- shops that you want to go to, no, no matter where they are? Do you know what? I, it's a really weird... I've learned to not idolize shops almost more than just finding a shop that's got a good atmosphere and just really talented artists. So for me personally, like if I say I pick an area that I'm going to go to, if I can find a studio that has got a really good vibe about it and there's some people in there that I think I could learn off of, I'll just email them. So I'm not, I haven't got any shops in particular that I'm like, I would die to work there. Um, more is just to like, just meet some friendly people in the industry that want to support each other. I think there's a very fine line in this industry of people who are very, uh, just full of ego. And it's just, and I'm just, I don't feel like I fit in this industry at the best of times. So I just want to meet loads of friendly people rather than 
these like tattoo gods that I can't relate yes, to. <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's just scary. I don't know. Yeah. Oh no, I, I get exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I don't know about like, you, but like, I feel like your clients can feel that as well. I think the times that I've had like the best days at work, like, I mean, when Becky started work with me, she's like my best friend anyway, we have such a laugh and our clients now end up talking to each other and having a laugh. I just think you've got that person to bounce off of. And if you can find that in any studio that your clients have a better day as well. Although I've been in studios that I thought it was going to be like that, where I was a little intimidated going in because um, I felt like, whoa, I don't belong here. These guys are so good and they're way out of my league and whatever. (laughs) And I think I went into it and I I had that like nervous energy and maybe like, you know, and then I went a second time and I was so much more comfortable because I quickly realized, wow, they're actually so cool. Like all these people are really nice. Yeah. That's how I felt in Amsterdam. Like the first time I went, I was so quiet. I didn't really talk to anyone. I was so overwhelmed with the whole experience that... I just wasn't really in the room half the time. And then the second and third time, I was just, I had such a better time with my clients and with the artists in there. So I think, yeah, 100%. You don't get a real feel for a shop, I think, until you've done it a couple of times so you can be yourself. Have you learned a lot by doing guest spots? Do you think that's uh, a way you've seen yourself grow as a tattoo artist? I, yeah, definitely. It pushed me more than anything, pushed me out of my comfort zone. I think... I've I've struggled for, with anxiety for years and when I did my first guest spot it was it was terrifying like I almost just didn't go because it was so overwhelming and I remember I had one before my first one I had one booked in Birmingham and I ended up cancelling last minute just because like mentally I couldn't no handle way. going yeah it was just too much for me I emailed all my, oh my clients gosh. like two weeks before and was like I just can't like I couldn't stop crying just thinking about it um so Gosh. for me it's been a really big thing and I think the the turning point as well I guessed at Insider in Edinburgh and Jason who runs that shop is just the most down-to-earth guy he's got a shop that runs seam- seamlessly he just that shop is just like the dream in tattooing like everything just gets done everyone there has a really good day you've got an amazing setup the lighting's incredible it's just just everything about it I was like if I have a shop this is like my goal so I just learned so much from different people and just being able to stand there for 10 minutes and watch them work it's just crazy how much you can pick up so I think guess what's one of the best things I ever did for sure that's the way I've learned because I I'm self-taught yeah when I started doing tattoos and like it was a good few years into my like tattoo journey I guess you could say um and then um it wasn't until then I started doing guest spots and I feel like that's like when I actually became a tattoo artist because I was like working with other artists that I was learning techniques and like things that they were doing yeah and, and like more and more I found that people like artists are so open about what they do about the, yeah, the 100%. you know and how they work and stuff and I found like yeah, it was really cool to um, start doing guest spots and like learn from other people and get to know people as well that are like, you know, similar to you. And like, I have a lot of friends that are tattoo artists now that I have nothing in common with them other than the fact that we're both tattoo artists and they're like great friends of mine. Oh, same, same yeah. here. Like it, it becomes a big part of your life. And I think it's a massive thing that you can make a friend out of as well. Um I was also going to say, I don't know about you, but guesting and conventions really taught me silly little things like how to work at a different angle on the bed and how to sit clients and things like that, that I didn't, I would never have known if I'd have just worked in one shop. 
Yeah. So yeah, life experiences with that as well. Definitely. Do you do a lot of conventions? Have you done a lot of them? I've done Brighton and I did Manchester. I think it's just those two. I've done Brighton twice. Um, I find them really impersonal. I feel like I can't talk to my client a lot and there's just people and it's just noisy. I I don't know if I'd do any more. I think I'm at a point now where I'd rather go visit them and have a nice weekend rather than work it. So they're good, good experience, but it's just, it's just such a hectic weekend. Is that something you enjoy as a part of your job, like getting to talk to your clients? Yeah, that's like the big... I've made so many friends through my job. It's crazy. I think the amount of girls that have come in that you just... I can talk to you for eight hours and then they leave and you feel like I'm really invested in their life. And then six months later, they come back and they've bought a house or broke up with their partner. And you just become part of what's going on with them. And I love that as well. And I think... That's why, for me, I value return clients a lot more than having regular new clients. Rather build up that relationship, for sure. So would you say most of your clients are return clients? Over 50%. Like Every time I open my books, I think I do about, well, just over half of return clients and then fit like new ones in here and there. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, it's just like the best way to meet people these days as well. Have you found that you, do you only take one person a day? I do now, um, because I learned the hard way. I was booking like three people a day and doing like 10, 12 hour days. And by the end of it, I just didn't have the energy to even like talk to my own friends. I was just knackered, like mentally drained and your eyes are tired and your hands tired as well. I think yeah, I was doing like five appointments a day at one point of the smaller stuff. And then I was doing like two bigger ones a day. And just the more that I pushed it, the worse I was feeling. So now, yeah, one person a day and I'm going back to work to do four days a week and just get that like balance back and have more energy for tattooing. Because you have to give all of yourself into a tattoo. You can't just give like, oh, I'm so tired. I just, I'll just do... I a just little can't bit be of this one. Yeah. yeah. You can't I'll do just that. do whatever. <laughs> Rush through this one's because I'm exhausted. Yeah. So like the worst is when you're so tired and you're like, I still have to like perform at my best. Yeah. So you're extra tired yeah. by the end of the day because you just you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it is it's yeah. exhausting for sure. You have to just perform the whole time. Yeah. So you have to know like your limits on what's healthy for you and what's healthy for the client. But like, you know, I say that because You know, I don't want people thinking, oh, I'm his third client today, so I'm probably not going to get the best tattoo. Oh my God, yeah. I used to worry about that as well. And I never want people to think that way because it's just... No, because it's not true, first of all. Because like, no matter, like I'll literally kill myself to make sure your tattoo is so good, (laughs) you know? Same. I think like in the back of my head, I'm just like, this is literally on them until they die. Like that's terrifying. I can't give 50% to that, like... You've got to give everything to every person. Yes, for sure. It's just you that suffers at the end of it, like as an artist. Yeah. Going home and just lying on the floor. Yeah, yeah. and moaning about my back. And then my yeah. dad's like, shut, <laughs> shut up and do some stretches. Yeah. I'm just like, no. Yeah. But who are, if you could name three artists that you would absolutely just die to get tattooed by, who would they be? Oh, this is so hard because... You know, I like I'm not covered, but I'm running out of room and I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I've got safe spaces for people that I really love. Um, Hannah Flowers is a like a big goal for me. She her work's just insanely beautiful. 
Um, I mean, Gwen Douglas was on there and I was so, I was lucky enough to get tattooed by her very early on in my career. Um, so she was definitely like a bucket list person. Um, Angelique Hootcamp, like I've worked in her shop and I would just love something done by her because it would just, it would mean so much to me. Um, I can't think like Chris Green again, he was a big one, but I did that. Um, don't know I kind of just end up getting them spontaneous like I was in Amsterdam and Smick Perry he works there and I, I adore his work so much and we both ended up having a slot free on the same day which never happens and I just got him to do my hand just was just like here you go let's just do it yeah for sure and also again it, it goes back to if I work in a shop and I really get on with someone and I like their work I trust them more so I end up having a better experience attached to that tattoo as well now. So I think I try not to just pin everything on that artist because I know how that pressure feels now and I don't want to ever make someone feel like I'm like, you're going to do an incredible job, don't... Like, they're just human at the end of the day, so... But yeah, Hannah Flowers is my my big goal for like the next couple of years. Yeah, her work's beautiful. And I'd like something by you when I'm in Ireland. Let's do it. No pressure. <laughs> No, absolutely. Is there anything that you want to talk about that's on your mind, say, even just about tattooing or what it's like right now to, to be a tattooer? Um, I think all I was going to say is I think with lockdown, the amount of tattooists that I've had contact me when I put posts up about how I feel at the minute with everything is the amount of tattooists that I think get that feeling of being burnt out. And I just, I never... I guess I kind of always thought I was the only one that felt... Because, you know, I love my job and I don't take it for granted and I'm so grateful for it. But I kind of realised that it's just not... I don't want it to be my whole identity anymore. And there's other things that I want to do. And the amount of people that have messaged me and be like, I feel exactly the same way. Um, and just, I wish people would embrace the whole life-work balance a bit better. And I think lockdown's definitely teaching us that. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way about it or if you're still, you know, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's really happy to still work seven days a week. I don't think that's the thing anymore. Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah, Especially, and you've got a family as well, haven't you? Yeah, so it's been so amazing to be at home with them. And say my daughter is, she'll be two in June. So she's at like a really fun age. And this whole time that I've been home, I would have missed like so much of that. Yeah, for sure. Um. I'll definitely like go back to work with that in mind going, okay, don't, don't schedule yourself to work until nine o'clock at night. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't schedule yourself to work six or seven days a week. Um, I'm, I'm already pretty good at doing four days a week, but I think like even now I'm going to have every other week, maybe do three days. Like I'm, I'm really ready to go for like the stripped down uh, work situation. So I think I just really want to normalise in this industry that you don't have to be go, go, go all the time. Like, I sometimes feel like I'm not a valid artist if I don't want to be on a TV show or I don't want to work 12-hour days. Or I just, I feel like there's so much competition in this industry that's so easy to get lost in that. And the more people that I talk to that are like, no, I love my time off and I love you know, just having time with my friends and family. And I'm just, I just want to normalise that it's okay to have the job you love, but still see it as work. 
And I just I just find it interesting that so many other artists feel the same way and just haven't ever voiced it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and tattooing is an exhausting job. It's um Yeah. It's very like you get what you put into it and Yeah, for sure. So I think a lot of people um get caught up in that and they'll it's like really easy to go, How much money am I losing if I take today off? But yeah, you know, that's what, especially being self-employed, that is a, such a bad trap to fall into. Yeah, but it's really easy. So you have it's like it takes a lot of discipline. But I think that's a very very good point. It's yeah, it's important to to balance work and personal yeah. life. I'm just glad that other people in the industry feel the same way, and I'm not. So I just don't feel like it's just me now, which is a nice feeling. I feel like <laughs> lockdowns definitely brought me yeah. closer to a lot of artists on Instagram just talking to them regularly about how they feel about everything and it's yeah I think it's weird because it's just it's had its positives as well as much as I'm ready to have normal life back it's taught me a lot for sure especially when it comes to work the other thing I was going to say as well is the uh what's your thoughts on the importance of photographing tattoos for artists interesting question so you're asking me now yeah yeah (laughs) turning it around Uh, yeah wow I think it's really important to learn how to photograph your tattoos well, because at the end of the day, no matter how good the tattoo is, if the photograph sucks, it does, it's not going to showcase your work properly. And Instagram is essentially your portfolio as an artist. Yeah. So if you want people to see your work and what you're capable of and everything you're doing. Yeah. That's like so huge. It doesn't take a lot, but it definitely takes some effort, you know? And I think like people also just like seeing any bit of effort be put into taking a good photo. Yeah, 100%. Like, say when I was just starting, my wife actually, like, called me out on my photos. She was like... <laughs> <Savage>. <laughs> she was like... Uh, before she was my wife, even. But she was, like, looking at my f- tattoo. I was sending her photos of my tattoos or whatever. And, like, I was posting them on Instagram, and there was, like, a trash can in the background. And, like... Yeah. You know, like, a, someone's shoes thrown on the floor in the background of the photo and like yeah. not good lighting at all and like I, all i did was just like take a photo turn the saturation down and it just looked like a dead person's skin or something <laughs> like it did there was like no life and yeah. um i didn't think about it until she mentioned it and then after that i was like oh yeah like take a pretty photo of a tattoo that makes sense yeah and yeah. i think you can do a lot with natural lighting in an iphone as long as you just put a little bit of like thought into composition and and just like lines in the background lining up straight with the camera and what fabrics are in it because they reflect light differently like i've i I learned the hard way with pictures of like bins in the background and my dad pulled me on it and said that doesn't look great and i was just (laughs) you just don't think about it do you and it wasn't as important then because social media wasn't as big and i think now oh god some of the photos people take i'm just like it's like studio work. It's professional level photography. I mean, if you're able to do that work, then do it. You know, like a lot of people, it's very common for people to have a basic level of um, knowledge on photography. Uh, so if you can do it, like you know, and like not only that, but you can get a pretty decent camera for like five hundred euro. Yeah, you know? and it's such an investment. Hundred, like I've had mine for a few years now, and it's still amazing. As long as you get a good lens, it's just yeah, it's worth the money for sure. Like I have a, I have a, I, I did invest a lot in my camera. I, I have a good camera. I like my camera. 
Um, but like I have two studio lights that I bought for like 40 euro on Amazon and they're just like those soft boxes. Yeah, that's what we've got. They work great. You just like set them up pretty close to your tattoo. You step back a little bit and there you go. Yeah. You know, I feel like if you do stuff like that, I will say those lights don't work great with my iPhone. They, for whatever reason, the lens on the camera, I don't know exactly what it is about the iPhone and why those lights don't, it like looks really dramatic and weird. I think um, the iPhone actually just tries to correct it too much because I've found the same with mine. Like my iPhone picture is actually amazing in natural light. As soon as you put a studio light on it, it just almost tries to sharpen everything too much and it just looks bad. (laughs) Yeah, but I think, um, you know, if you get a like decent enough camera and like some cheap lights, you're set. But G, thank you so much for doing this with me. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. And well, thanks for including me. Of course. It's really weird when like there's loads of people that I look up to there and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> they'll listen. <laughs> yeah, because that's cool. Yeah, because if you're on a podcast, you're going to probably listen to the rest of the episodes, you know? Yeah. Pressure's on now. <laughs> Hi, guys. Super fan. <laughs> thanks again, G. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to follow on social media and wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify or Apple or Google. You can find me on Instagram at jankyjake underscore tattoos. And this page is at the underscore fine underscore line underscore underscore. So many underscores. If there's a specific artist that you'd like me to have on the show, please feel free to send me a message and... I'll see what I can do to get him on. Once again, my name is Jake Berry, and this is The Fine Line. 